Hi, everyone. My name is Josiah Laubenstein, and this is the Commonwealth Theater Podcast. Joining me, as always, is Tim Seiler, and today we catch up a little on what's going on here at the theater. Rehearsals are happening, sets are being built, art is being hung in the lobby. There is a lot going on to prep for opening of I Ought to Be in Pictures. And we also talk about what it takes to get ready for a show. Tim is in two this year, I'm in just one. But it's a nice look at what it takes to prepare for a show and how diverse that method can be from actor to actor. Everyone has their own methods. It's a lot of fun to get into it. And yes, we do answer that famous question, how do you memorize all those lines? You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Um, so this is all on from now on. Okay. But we can do a definitive start when you're ready, Tim. I don't want you to... Oh my gosh, when I'm ready. <laughs> I will mention this later, but uh, there might be some noise from other actors in the background, <laughs> in the hallway, because of a rehearsal thing that's happening that I might mention later. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, called Happy Sads. Which you don't know about. I don't. I don't. I'm actually like really curious. Yeah, so. I'm just like a mysterious thing. Um, I've done it once, so yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll hold off and hopefully remember to actually come back to it. Sure. Hold we, me to it. That's our teaser for the rest of the episode. So if you just listened to the first forty five seconds, <laughs> now you have to listen to more because because yeah. you've got to figure out what a happy set is. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I. You should be. <laughs> you should be. Well, Josiah, what's what's been going down? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, what's been going down? It's we're in the rehearsal process here at the Commonwealth Theater, which sort of shifts our life a little bit. Uh, yeah, in good ways and bad. I mean, obviously, like getting back into rehearsal is like it's very nice because then we've moved past the January company thing, which we sort of talked about in an earlier podcast, which is very admin heavy, it's very planning, it's very meeting focused. Uh, and now some people are actually in rehearsals, rehearsing for a show, which is great because that's, you know, what we're here for in yeah. the first place. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, it does cause a few changes in our lives. So we thought we'd share a little bit. Um, the biggest one, I think, which you just mentioned before we started recording, is the weekends shifting. And yeah. people may not know that, but it... It's kind of a double-edged sword, um, but our weekends are now not like the normal person's weekend. They're not Saturday, Sunday. They shift to, currently they're Monday, Tuesday. I think later in the year they go to Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. At some point, which is really strange <laughs> uh, to have happen. It also happened right around daylight savings time, so my mind was a little like all over the place at the time. Um, I got used to Saturday, Sundays off <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, it's nice. Um, but having said that, going to Rochester to do all of my like <laughs> shopping on the weekends is not my favorite. <laughs> it's <laughs> so um, that could be nice. The thing, the thing that I tell myself is that if it would be one thing if we were doing performances, <laughs> um, whether I would be you know part of the front of house or in the show yeah. performing on a Saturday, Sunday, that kind of work sort of psychically feels, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it, but we're not, you know, the theater isn't like open to the public right now. It's like, yeah. um, just, and the, the weather this weekend. Oh, it just is, turned. And like all of a sudden bikes are on the trail. Like, yeah. like that. Um, it's about 60 today. We're recording on a Sunday afternoon um, right now. And people are walking, you know, with just a sweatshirt on, if that, you know, I see people running, you know, and um, not that people weren't doing that. No, but like... No, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no one was doing that before. <laughs> so it is a little like, oh, I'm just sort of like behind my sort of mythic cubicle yeah. window, like, oh, I wonder what it's like to be enjoying that. Um, but I get to do that on Tuesday, or Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, so. when less people are on the trail and less people are in line at Trader Joe's, which I guess is the like... The positive yeah. side of things. Although I might go to Decorah ah. on Monday or Tuesday. Decorah is kind of like a happening place. I oh. like it. It's it's very much a college town, and I like the vibe. Um, I 
think they have Toppling Goliath is there, the the brewery. Oh. And it's really, really good. So they have some good stuff out there. Yeah, I think I might do that. And I can you know, get groceries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I don't have also... to just in Rochester. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some good good uh, restaurants out there too. Just mm. if you're looking for oh. more fun. Yeah, yeah, I might I might be I might do that. Um Oh my goodness, my stomach is rumbling. Yeah, I shouldn't I, have said restaurants. It's, it's okay. I had a delicious gyro today at the pastry oh. shop. Oh man. It is like, I went in for a, a roll, like a caramel roll, just like a, a nice little treat. And it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. It's been ages. The gyro is so tasty. It is the best gyro <laughs> I have ever had. It's insanely good. I don't know what he puts in it. And I, I guess I don't want to know because it's, it is amazing. Yeah. If you have not had the Euro at the pastry shop, my Here's goodness. Here's our plug. Yeah. It's insanely good. Yeah. Oof. Um, anyway, stomach <laughs> rumbling. The thing about rehearsals um, for anyone, whether you're in a production or not, the, the lunch break or the 10-minute break sometimes is when stuff gets done. Yeah. I don't know that I'm like, you know, it's just sort of how a person decides to work how they want to like balance that out the admin life versus whatever but right. we're getting some like quick adrian moments because she's directing and she's our direct boss for marketing um for yeah. Josiah and i and then it's like we're kind of waiting until one o'clock when the lunch break happens to see if we can get a you know let her get her eyes on something or ask her a quick question um it's yeah. it makes for we're definitely on our toes. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> the bit. worst part of, of the rehearsal process is when you're like, oh, I know I have to get this email out and I have a 10-minute break. I'm just going to sprint up to the admin office yeah. and I'm going to do it. Or you're like, yeah, i got to get Adrian's eyes on this. Otherwise, it's not going to get out. Yeah, or it might yeah, or it might mean for me, I'll, we'll have to see how I handle that of being yeah. in rehearsal. Of like, maybe there is... Uh, a half hour that I'm spending at night sure. when I wouldn't normally. Like, I'll I just have to figure out my process, which yeah. is... Well, or getting in a little early is not terrible. Yeah, like that actually early. might actually be what happens. That's a good, a good way to do it. Let's <laughs> see. But yeah, other things that are going on in the theater, uh, Justin started building. Like, things are in a little bit of, like, not disheveledness, but they're just <laughs> a little, like, you know, th like Justin is building, he, the set designer for our pictures, he's building, so, like, the back way area is a little you know just fuller than it normally it's a workshop. is yeah <laughs> um our art is waiting to be put up uh the art that people that we do for um for the season the season art in which we display in our lobby i think joan finnegan is the one uh putting her art up this time and it's gorgeous but there's like eight paintings there's a lot. so there's a couple of possibilities i think we're narrowing them down but they're they're amazing. They're just kind of sitting propped up against the wall, and I'm like, this is, it's like an art gallery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's just a bit of, the theater's in like a bit of a state of undress. I don't, know, make, don't mean to make it sound scandalous, but I heard <laughs> oh. something out there, and that was a little... Yeah, that is the happy set happening. So why don't I reveal what that okay, is? Thank okay, goodness, <laughs> because, yeah. um, so happy set, because... So happy set, I don't know the, the exact lineage, but... Um, this was something that was introduced to me uh, when I worked on John Gabriel Borkman, which is an Ibsen play here, oh. that the director, Risa Brainin, um, directed. And she, I think she, she's a longtime friend of Adrian's, if I'm not mistaken. And we got Risa into direct. Um, she spends her time directing regionally and then also, um, I think... Oh, fact check time. I believe she works in um, at UC Santa Cruz um, as a professor. Um, somewhere in California. I think it's Santa Cruz. <laughs> There's a lot of schools there. But um, anyway, this was a rehearsal technique or exercise that um, I think Risa does for every single production that she is directing. Hmm. And it's called Happy Sads, which is every actor, every character in a play get um, shows to the cast and director and stage manager um, a scene of the happiest moment in their life, in their character's life, and the saddest moment in their character's life up to the play beginning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so 
uh, you might have to ask other actors or maybe other people even, which I think Jackie is part of, involved. My guess is that she might be playing Libby's mom um, uh, of like the, the day that Herb leaves or something or... Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And it's um, it's a little freaky. Uh yeah. Because you're also, you're like really diving into the extremes of happiness and sadness. Yeah. But the shared sort of experience of a cast going through this can be really interesting and useful. And I think Adrian really uh, uh, like latched onto that. And I think she's been doing that ever oh. since. Was she in that production? She was. Yeah, okay. Um, Hal was in it too. Um, Stella. Jerome York was he? No, actually, I don't think he was in it. Uh, and I think that was the first of the Jeffrey Hatcher okay. adaptations. Yeah, yeah. Um, or one of them, anyway, an early one. And it's Ibsen's birthday <laughs> when we're right. recording. March twentieth, <laughs> Ibsen's birthday. Yes. So I mean, <laughs> if you're newer to the Common Wheel, um, the Common Wheel for twenty years out of the thirty-four seasons, I think that has been has produced Ibsen who is the father of modern drama, <laughs> Norwegian playwright, so there's like a cultural, historical sort of <laughs> attachment to doing his plays in this place, in, in Lanesboro. Um, but we don't, sadly, do Ibsen anymore, or maybe, I don't know how you feel about it. I really like Ibsen, um, but he can be a tough sell. It can, it can be um, to sort of explore <laughs> the depths of his characters and his stories in the middle of winter is challenging sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> or, um, I, confession, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen an Ibsen live. Oh. I've read it. Obviously, like, getting a theater education, I, I have read a variety of Ibsen, but when Rachel and I came here, uh, they'd stop. They'd stop. I yeah. think it was in so. 2017. Yeah, so it was like a year after they stopped, Commonwealth stopped, we came mm -hmm. here. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and that, and that does sort of like introduce, it's, you know, we could talk now if you wanted about season selection a little bit because we're kind of oh, yeah, thinking yeah. about that. Well, I think that's all I, I will say about happy sads. I mean, that sort sure, of like kinda, makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. There's, I mean, well, at some point <laughs> we'll do a whole podcast about all the crazy exercises <laughs> you have to do in a rehearsal process. But that's that's cool. I never heard of that before. Yeah, I never that's a happy sad. Yeah. So what Tim kind of was talking about is one of the funny thing about about theater or about this theater, Commonweal, we're already thinking about 2023 and what shows we're going to be doing in 2023. And it's funny because we haven't even started uh, performing for 2022. But it's just sort of the nature, and I'm sure like a lot of businesses are this way, where you just kind of have to keep uh, several months, if not six to a year, in your brain, uh, and you have to kind of constantly be looking ahead. And you know, we announce our season, we'll announce the 2023 season sometime in September or October of this year. So it has to sort of be considered and then brought to the board and be looked at. So we are, uh, right now we do this thing called Commonwealth Book Club and we're meeting uh, Wednesdays or Thursday nights for just an hour to kind of chat about plays that people are interested in doing or plays that people have read. And uh, we've been doing it for probably about two months at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's great. I, it's a, a process that we only started a couple of years ago, and, and Rachel, my wife, was the one who wanted to sort of start it. And it, it's, it's a fascinating process because, you know, plays get sort of, will catch a hot streak and be like the play of the week. And then, you know, someone else will read it and they'll be like, well, I don't know if I thought yeah, this one just kind of, and then it kind of falls out of favor, but then I might have a comeback. It's sort of amazing. The plays that you consider and that you read, and we're all sort of reading a variety of different plays as much as we can so that we can participate in this conversation. But like, it's, picking a season is kind of a fascinating act of balance. Because mm -hmm. the sort of question is, if you pick this play, like f for instance, say we picked Hamlet, which we would never probably pick Hamlet. Shakespeare really isn't our bag here. But if you pick Hamlet, it's sort of next to it. You can't have another big fat drama. No. You have to have something light and fluffy and all these sort of. Uh, so when you, 
it's it sort of has felt like uh, you want to find that keystone piece. You want to find that one uh, play that then sets the rest of the season off. And we have uh, five slots. Most people know this, but we have five slots. We have two summer shows, a spring show, a fall show, and a winter show, which tends to be a Christmas themed show. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating process. I can't really tip too much uh, of what we're doing because we don't want to like you know well, we reveal it too we, soon. We have thoughts, or we mm -hmm. have some. I think I think what I would say is we kind of have a short list. Yeah. Or a. Um, Maybe, yeah, I think there's definitely some titles that keep sort of popping up. Right. Um, that, that aren't, that enough people are reading. And I, I would, mm, I think part of the fun of book club, it's a little bit of a mess in, in a way that frustrated me at first, but now I'm starting to embrace the chaos of just like, it, you know, it, it's a voluntary thing. Quite a few people from the company have, have been regularly participating mm -hmm. um, where we're bringing titles and we're sort of also talking about where we're coming from mm -hmm. or like how we're reading it, what sort of is the lens. It's because it's almost no. impossible to read these plays in a neutral setting. Sure. Of like, um, I don't know how well to describe this, but it's also, I think there's always a mind of, can we do this here? Is it a good fit? Do we have the people mm -hmm. for it? Um, you know how how many people are in it? Like the cast oh, size what's is a the big... breakdown. Men versus women. Right. We all, we have to think about that. Um, in addition to the play on its own, right, which is artistic. fun too. Of like, I'm building up sort of two lists right now. Um, plays that I want to read, just sort of as a citizen of the theater. Sure. That, you know, like, especially newer plays that are a lot of people are talking about, so that I can be part of that conversation, or that sort of literacy, mm -hmm. um, which feels like a good, a good way to move through the profession, sort yeah. of. But also, like, but, so there's a lot of those plays that we just can't or won't do here for, right. for reasons I don't know that we'll get into right at the second. But, or then there's plays that I think are good fits, but all of the plays that are good fits can't be done together. And, right. You know, like, right. you know, the ones that we keep talking about. I'm, I wish we could be as vague as we are right sure. now. But, um, and so then people are making a pitch. And, like, you know, if, if one person, the passionate, how, you know, some people really go to bat for plays. Other people are like, oh, you made an interesting case or you said something interesting last week, Josiah. I'm going to, I'm going to, this means I'm going to read that play. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, can you... It's sort of like, can you get other people to read this play for right. book club? Can we all read the play together and then we can have a discussion about it? But even that is just the first hurdle because then, you know, I may read the same play as you, but we'll come to two drastically different opinions about the play. Like there was a play that, that Rachel read and she, she finished it and she said, this, is, this play is so uplifting and positive. And I read the exact same play. And I finished it, and I was like, that was so sad. That was such a sad play. And I came away from it in just a vastly sort of different uh, opinion. And it's, I mean, because we're all coming from different places. Yeah. I would say, I think it's safe to say this sort of publicly, that a play that is pretty sad, if, if that's sort of, or um, tragic, if that's sort of the final image, hmm. um, that would take a lot of thought and care to get on the season. Now, I'm not saying we only do happy plays uh, with no. good endings, but that to um, the sort of final image or like what you're walking away from is a key thing to think about, mm -hmm. right? Is that, do you think that would safe to say? Sure. Well, there's sort of like, uh, we think about these epic tragedies mm -hmm. like um i mean you could go with the classics route or you could go the sort of more contemporary like death of a salesman or something like that like that's a, a an american classic and a lot of people are familiar with it but it's also a two and a half hour long play and you come away from it feel like it is a sad heart-wrenching play and you get done with it and you're like oh that poor man you know that poor family mm -hmm. um and and there is a weight that comes with that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. 
no. sitting through that and accepting that and, and, and dwelling on those sorts of things can be a, a very positive experience. But then you would have to sort of pair, like if I was doing Death of a Salesman, if we were doing it here, which we're not, I don't think we're really considering it yeah. uh, currently, but uh, we would want to pair it with something so that if I'm coming to see a weekend of shows here, right. I, I don't get that and then head a gabbler. Right? Like, I yeah. want, I don't want a sad and a sad. I want, you know, it's the same as if you're, like, making a meal. You don't just give everybody sweet food. You give them sweet and savory and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So you have to kind of make sure that the right notes get struck. Yeah. Um, it's also, I don't know many theater companies that do something this sort of democratic. It's very democratic. <laughs> but yes. Like, we're, as a company, it's usually not um, up to the whole company to participate in this way sure um, which is unique but it makes it it makes for maybe a long process but also I think a a pretty satisfying one or something that is like deeply considered not that other theaters aren't doing that work um, but it is a more of a communal group project (laughs) yeah (laughs) and all that that comes with that (laughs) yeah and kind of you take ownership in the you come away from the season you take ownership in it sort of say, hey, I, I, you know, when one of your play, your plays, I mean, they're not our plays, it's right. not like we're writing them, but when something gets, you bring up gets picked or something that you bring up gets sort of put on the short list, there's a, there's a sense of ownership that comes with that, which is, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, lately what we've been doing to maybe get a little bit more specific is I think I would say in the last month, there's always been sort of an assignment of, to a degree of like, hey, why don't, if you, if you're having trouble focusing Right. Here's if you, two or if, three. Here's two to three that we really want you to check out mm-hmm. that you would like that you would encourage, um, and that's been helpful. And soon we're coming up with a. I haven't done this yet. Of I think each of us are going to kind of write down our a mock a mock season. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's great. I we did that a couple of years ago, and they're actually still in our um, uh, mezzanine meeting area where. They just are these lists that we all sort of wrote down, like, oh, we'd like to see this. Pretend that you, you're you an artistic director and you can come up with a five-show season. And it's it's kind of fun to look back on them and be like, oh, I don't know if I would do that now. I, I might change this or I might shift this around. or, uh, But it's good. It's good. It sort of like lets us get a, a barometer of where the company's at mm-hmm. with some of this stuff. So, uh, Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, honestly... It seems like a sort of easy thing to do, but I think the more you get into it, the more complicated it gets, and the more like balancing act you un- you realize that it is. Yeah. Um, so I I've loved it just from that perspective. It's just kind of like, oh man, oh, if I put this play in, I can't put this other play that I love in, or you know. I, yeah, it's like, what do you really want to go to bat for? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many variables to sort of think about. Which yeah. Kinda, kinda and there's just more plays. I want slash need to read. That's a good good problem. Right, and that's something that is I would like to consider the whole year round because sometimes I forget about it until January rolls around and then I think, ah, oh, I gotta read all these plays. But kind of keeping it in my mind over the year. I've been thinking of maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying not to be too uh, structured, and I, although I think I could benefit from it. It's like maybe one, one, once a week, or once mm-hmm. a month, I sort of devote a week to reading plays rather than trying to just keep reading plays. I don't know. We'll see. Um, or maybe I say this month I want to try to get these plays done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, and then, and then see what happens, and not be too. But just to give myself a little bit more structure, um, because there's a I have a long list, and some of them are like mm, I don't know if this is going to be a good fit, but I do want to get to it. I don't want right. to just read plays that are good fits here you just want to read yeah plays that excite and who knows maybe i can i might unearth something that is maybe a little bit more challenging or provocative or for any number of reasons and think about what kind of a case can i be can i make yeah if i if i really sort of stand behind it believe in whatever it's doing and that that can go pretty far (laughs) or that can be like you know what you i see that tim that you admire this Here's another play that I know of. You know, like you, yeah. you just you're opening yourself up to a lot of conversation and insight, and yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. But 
pretty soon. <laughs> yes. You're not going to have as much time. I know, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, as we sort of shift out, we're both still in admin world, but pretty soon... Luxury. We're shifting into uh, leading ladies world and being in rehearsal for, you know, six or seven hours a day. And then, then the, the time to read plays kind of shrinks down a little bit, which is right. always best intentions. Right. Uh, but that kind of uh, segues us into our next uh, thing that we wanted to talk about, which is just sort of like, because we're both in this sort of pre-rehearsal time frame, and it's kind of interesting to figure out what, what do you do during this time frame? What do you do during this, these moments before you actually set foot in the rehearsal room? And like, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And it's different for everybody what they do but uh, I mean and you and I both come from different backgrounds we have the same undergrad but then our graduate school really diverged and then we've had a different you know professional career professional life so yeah do you want to go first sure um I'm think let me think here um I brought this up (laughs) as, as a thing to talk about um one a podcast that I like to listen to um more often than not, is called Back Back to One. Okay. And it's um, it's mostly like a film and TV acting interview podcast. And the host always asks, almost verbatim, the same way, you, have, you get a part, what are the first things you do when you know that you have the part? Hmm. Um, and it's really interesting to hear actors talk about process, which I love, but it's tricky because there is... Um, there's, I think there's a magic to the process a little bit Mm -hmm. and I, I don't want to get too mystical about it, but that there's something undeniably that you just can't touch or articulate about Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. as much as I like to kind of nerd out about this, um, and think, talk about technique in sort of detailed ways, um, there's also like actors, sometimes it's hard for actors to talk about these things because it is so magical right. to them or personal or it's like, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that can be fine. I do like, I admire actors who have an ownership um, or are able to articulate sometimes. Um, but it gets tricky. Like it all, it all gets yeah. like it's totally messy and it's very personal. And it always, for me, it like depends what the project is and who you're with. Anyway, well, one <laughs> a great example of this, I think, is um, uh, there's a couple at a Shakespeare festival in Texas, and they, uh, I was in a show Macbeth uh, with them, and they, uh, the man who was playing Macbeth consumed everything he he watched every mm. every movie of that that he could he he you know listened to everyone else do monologues about it. he just he consumed everything about the part that he could and then uh the woman playing lady m like refused to ingest anything and <laughs> wanted it to be her own take complete so it was like neither of those is wrong but those are like in a couple, it felt like this is a drastically different ends of the spectrum, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's fascinating to kind of watch that process, and that's just sort of like one one sort of lever of the process that some right. some people do before they get the script. But anyway. So what I would say I do, I mean I, I definitely read read it. <laughs> that's what most people say. Yeah. Right. And. Um, the reason I brought this podcast up is that I think there was one particular interview with Tracy Letts, oh, who is yeah. um, the guest, and he said something, I'm not going to get the quote right, but he does whatever he needs to do for himself to believe that he can do the part, which I loved as an answer, because, because it, he talked about times that he's done a lot of research or like studied whatever the profession of whatever the, but like he's played a doctor many times. He's not going to go through the actual literal hoops of being a doctor. Right. And then he sort of realized like after he's been doing this for a long time that it's scaled or calibrated to the degree for which he believes that he can pull off whatever the task is at hand, <laughs> which I loved, you know, like, so, um, uh, 
And then I think, so I've done a lot of Shakespeare where there was so much work involved. Basically, I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what I was saying. Right. Like what everything meant before rehearsal started. And if I was really good, also sort of what is being said to me in the scenes that I'm in. <laughs> like that sure. is also important. Especially if people are going on and on and on. Um, which means a lot of sort of vocabulary, looking up vo vocabulary, <laughs> playing with verse and the, the intricacies of that, look, studying it like it's a piece of music. Um, and really just, I think, having at least an idea of, of the whole play. Mm -hmm. Not that I've got it all figured out. Um, the thing that I'm doing now for Leading Ladies is... Um, well, lately I've sort of taken for granted that it's, it's sort of, it's material that feels close to me or at home or it sort mm. of feels, I feel a kinship to it already. Um, just with like who these people are. Yes, they're, it's from the 1950s and they're British actors, but like, I, I don't know, like I sometimes feel like maybe in a previous life there is sort of like a classic mid-century wow. <laughs> classical actor, or I am a classical actor, or have been. I mean, you toured Shakespeare, yeah, so, so there's the there's a certain lineup. That so that. my, I don't have a lot of, there's not a big gulf for me personally sure, sure, sure. in believing that I can do this. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I'm not doing a lot of research, but, and I've also, because I've been in situations where I like pile on books, films, sure. things to listen to, and I never like get to them. And it just feels disappointing. And that's not a reason not to sort of pursue that. Um, so I'm sort of like thinking, oh, it would be fun. You know, maybe I can like, I want to watch a movie tonight. I like screwball comedies. Maybe I'll put one of those on sure. if I have some free time. And it's a little bit of homework, but it's also something that I enjoy. Yeah. I might kind of do stuff like that. Crossover a little bit. Um, nice. This is all to say that I don't feel the need at this moment to do a ton of research. Mm -hmm. um, there's sort of two other things I want to sort of mention, um, either now or later. Uh, the gulf between my ability or sort of my personal comfort with a role, with something like what I'm about to do in Edwin Drood, is much greater. It's not that I don't think I can do it. It's just that there's a lot more work I need to do imaginatively or sort of even intellectually of, of research, of figuring out why this guy, he's a pretty nasty dude, <laughs> the guy I'm about to play. <laughs> but it's even more in, in Drew. In Drew. Yeah. Uh, he's a matinee idol star who is playing a nasty character. Sure. Which is another layer. It's like a role, it's like it's a show within yeah, a show. Very confusing. And I'm not super well versed in Dickens. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know that I'm gonna like do a bunch of reading on Dickens, but I might like dip my toes in here and there. Like you can never finish researching. So that's sure. like there has to be a point where at least I'm like doing something in the room. Yeah. Well and I'm a big believer, I don't know if you are too, but like everything that you do, even if you're like, I don't know if this is gonna make it on stage, it all like exists there backing you up. So like if your bag is doing uh like you're going to imagine some scenes from your character's past, kind of like the happy sads that you were talking mm -hmm. about. That's going to make it on stage. If your bag is reading Dickens books to get you in the mood of Dick, that's going to make it on stage. Yeah. It all is kind of like you're adding just this sort of, I don't know, like flavor to the broth, or it all makes it in yeah. somehow, even if it's not directly, like you reading Dickens wouldn't necessarily directly translate to your character being on stage, but you're sort of like, Fleshing out the world that you live in. Yeah. And maybe it means that I might, like, have... I might be reading Great Expectations or Bleak House or whatever. Sure, in the dressing room while we've already opened. Like, that's just some, like... It's, like... Not that I'm, like, gonna... Anything that I read won't, like, drastically change what I'm doing. But it might help inform or color a <laughs> moment or, like... I don't know. But I'm, I, I, I want to, like, give myself alleviate myself of the pressure or the burden or like to assign myself homework it's it's mostly like do i feel comfortable yeah in what i'm about to do that's interesting I, and that's that's something i'm kind of playing with right now yeah. um so i do think though i have this sense that there's like a little bit more research um that i feel that i want to do when it comes to 
the work of Drood mm-hmm. versus uh, leading ladies. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that I think is going to be true of my process from here until I finish, and this is something that I'm really, really doing right now, is like when I'm just working on the script, looking at the script, I am very keenly aware of what I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I, I mean, the other day when I was looking, looking through leading ladies, there is like a little bit of, I think it's more with Jack's character, but I'm not sure yet, who is like self-conscious about his looks. I just like notice like that's like a hang up that he has or maybe, um, and that's Josiah's character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, is, am I not right? Or do, or do they both have sort of a uh, self-conscious um, like appearance I th- hang up. Yes, they definitely do. They care um, about what they look like, uh, of course, there's because a vanity. there's disguise happening, and, yes, and they're actors. Guys. Not, I'm not like that's overgeneralizing, but um, and just I'm like just paying it. Like I'm noting, like oh, I, I see this pattern. Uh, Leo like stutters a lot in the beginning, mm-hmm. but but you know like he seems like he's rarely at a loss for words. But there are moments where it's like, and so I'm just like noticing patterns, motifs, mm-hmm. or if I'm like, why do I say that? Um, there would be a time where I'm like, I gotta figure that out. And I might have some ideas, but I also wanna be able to be like, can I ask this in the rehearsal room with other people? Be open. And just flag it. I'm just flagging things right now. I'm not, I'm, I, which I think is, I'm really enjoying that because it's leaving room for other people's input and inviting collaboration, but it's also me sort of starting to ask questions and be curious about things and maybe like, I don't have to sort of muscle an answer to get it right for the teacher to give me an A, which is a lot of how I sort wow. of move through the world and still do sometimes. But I'm just like not- like noticing what I notice is yeah. sort of like what I'm doing or what I like to do before um, our first meeting together. Yeah. That is a long answer. but It's, it's a good <laughs> answer. I, you're, you're sort of talking to the, the world building of both the play, but then also like just your character and kind of like sitting in it. Uh, I like talking about flagging things. It's interesting because, like, um, I recently taught at both Luther and Viterbo, mm. and it's sort of strange what, um, when you're asked to break down some things that you kind of do automatically, yeah, uh, and, and now you have to articulate them to students who don't necessarily do them automatically, uh, it can be a very kind of mind-boggling process to sort of think about. And then when I get into the rehearsal room or when I get into the script in front of me and I'm reading through it and I think, do I actually do those things that I said I did? <laughs> and I think, yes, but it's it's kind of on autopilot. A lot of things are on autopilot. For instance, uh, something that in acting class you learn right away is like you, you learn what's your objective. What's your objective? You hear that phrase often. Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to get? And you make students, well, I, as a professor, made students get really specific with it. And then what are the obstacles? And what's your, like, what action are you doing to get? And what's your tactic? And these sorts of things, which I don't necessarily sit down and write all those out. But I think that as you get used to it, just with a lot of professions, you sort of intuit some things and you just kind of come up with them. Like, I've read Leading Ladies a lot over the past couple of weeks, and I don't have a super objective for Jack already. I mean, it is a farce, so it's a little... Comedies tend to be a little easier. Everybody wears their feelings on their sleeves and, like, yeah. He says it literally right at the beginning. Jack says, I want a home. I want a front door. I want neighbors who care about me. I want to, like, to settle down, basically, and have a family. He he literally says, point blank, those things. So it's not like I have to do a lot of digging to uncover this stuff. But then it's like survival mode, mm-hmm. like getting away, like not getting caught is kind of the objective, right. <laughs> you know, which is a, a lousy objective, like something negative like that. I don't know. It's it's making me think. Wow. What would the object- sure? <laughs> but the farce, the, the farce <laughs> nature of things does color it too. But the whole the whole I guess what it makes me think of is uh, what you had just said about sort of Tracy Letts's quote. All of those. Action, objective, you know, super objective goals, tactics, is to get you to a place where you can go on stage and feel confident and comfortable. Because there is such a power in that. 
if you are relaxed on stage and just present and like can care about what's going on right in front of your eyes and let some things not get in your way. Yeah. Um, so I do, I like that quote a lot because I do think so many of the things that we do as prep work are in service of just getting you to go on stage and not be like, oh, I'm kind of freaking out here. <laughs> and just like, yeah. you know, be comfortable and confident. Uh, and yes, before anyone asks, it, it does have to do with knowing your lines. How do you learn all those right. lines <laughs> is the, the classic actor question. And the answer for most people is just you put in a lot of time. Like You just put in a lot of time with it. Like that's so much of, I feel like, what gives you that confidence and comfortability that lets you be flexible, that lets you be curious is that you've just sat there and... Yeah. Um, blasted through those lines a hundred times or more do you ever do that like sort of neutral line learning i'm not like there's some actors who will record their lines in a totally neutral way or learn them neutrally which is something that is a little incomprehensible Mm -hmm. to me because i'm already my effort of learning the lines means that i have I'm making some decisions about how they happen. Not that I, I don't You're doing think both I'm, parts of the process. At, at the, the same, same time, time, I think, like while I'm learning, I'm also playing that detective work, <laughs> which is maybe inefficient. I don't know. But it's, I, I can't, I would like to think that I'm not also so rigid in my learning of things that I can't listen and respond to what, any, what you're giving me. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I know. recently tried... Uh, Listening, I recorded my lines, and this was for, um, um, oh shoot, what did I do? Just over... Fully committed? Fully committed, thank you. Yeah, fully committed. Um, and I had to memorize it pretty quick for that. And it was, it was hard to be flexible, it, listening to myself. Listening to yourself. It was hard to be flexible once I, I created, and part of it is that that show has a ton of characters, and yeah. there's a lot of sort of specific uh, things that we did with it that made me already come up with line readings. Um, But I I found that listening to myself made me more rigid rather than more flexible. Hmm. I don't know, I haven't done the complete monotone trial, but I do know that, that auditory learning I found really difficult. I found it really difficult. Uh, to then be flexible. I did a little of it, too, with um, dancing lessons, but I tried to stay away from that a little bit more. I kind of use those two plays as a learning. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, dancing lessons is a great example of a a show and a character that I did a lot of research for Mm -hmm. versus, say, Leading Ladies, which I don't think I'm I'm not doing a lot of research. When you've been in it. Yes, I've already (laughs) been in it, so that's, that's helpful, too. Uh, I mean, I'm doing a lot of work, but I wouldn't say necessarily research uh, in that regard. That's a different... So you, you've you done plays before. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in the same play multiple times. Yes, uh, Have so, you played the same character? No, not... Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. So in Boeing, Boeing... I was in grad school, and I did Boeing, Boeing, and I uh-huh. played the character... Uh, who is the friend character who Brant played in the Common Wheels production, then I played the other character. And then in Leading Ladies, I was in Leading Ladies out at Festival Theater in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, and I was playing the character that you're playing, and now I'm playing... Mm. So I, I've avoided that, which is actually kind of nice. I came in... The first thing that I need to do for a, a part is really get a sense of the rhythm of the show. So I, re- I just read the show a bunch. I just read it a bunch and just like get it in my brain, get the rhythm of where my character is in the show, get the rhythm of the show. Just It kind of feels like you got it. It's like you're listening to a piece of music a bunch of times. Yeah. And then you just can kind of get it in your head and you don't have it memorized yet, but just have it in your head. Um, and I that part of the process has already kind of been done for me. Like I know the beats of the show. I feel like I know the rhythm. I know what comes first. I know kind of what scenes come when. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the lines and all those sorts of things can kind of get filled in later. But it does. it is very nice not playing that, uh, not needing to do that work because it is. it yeah. already exists there. I already have, yeah. I'm very familiar with the show. 
And this didn't happen in Boeing, Boeing, and I don't think it will happen uh, with this one. But I was concerned when I did Boeing, Boeing the second time. I was like, what if I just remember uh, Bern uh, Robert's lines? And I was playing Bernard. I'm like, what if I, is that going to trip me up? And it didn't at all. It, so it I, it's, it's not really a big deal. My So I've done, I've done the same roles before. Uh, it, that would be weird. And I'm not, I'm, it's hard because... Before that happened, I had, like, I've been in Much Ado About Nothing, like, three times. Okay. As You Like It, three times. Um, and As You Like It, I've played Touchstone twice. Mm -hmm. And that another, th a third time, there were a bunch of other parts. And I don't know that I could, like, comment on reprising a role, because the times that that has happened for me, they, the productions were so vastly different. That's helpful. But being in a play, especially the first, uh, a second time, is really hard for me to shake just all of the vivid memories of what we did before. And it wasn't that, like, one was better than the other. Well, sometimes I would, like, or, like, we, 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 we managed this sort of sticky thing more successfully. But it's because we had different, you know, it was at a different set and at a different period it was different people like you can't but I like all I knew I had such vivid sort of memories of like mm -hmm. well I, this is the first time we did Love's Letters Lost this is this is what we did and I had to like sort of figure out is it helpful to tell the director how we solved this problem fortunately I was able to like suss that out and yes it was true but like when I spoke up you know, how public was it? You know, there's like yeah. a whole other dance that you have to play. Could be but very I sticky. had useful first-hand information. Um, that could be sticky. Could but be I was sticky. just like more like, okay, I'll just have to pull you aside. Or it's like, it'll be interesting because like, I bet you will have some pointers for me <laughs> having no, played no, Leo hands that I will, I guess I will solicit. But maybe it's more of like, if I'm really struggling, I'll ask. Well, the nice thing, <laughs> the nice thing is our director Jackie uh, was Meg in the production that I was in, so she saw everything firsthand. <laughs> if she liked it, she'll probably tell you to do it. Yeah. If she didn't like it, she'll. <laughs> I am not gonna be the one to tell yeah, you. Yeah, those are the boundaries. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you did bring up the the whole preparation thing. I'm sure I'm glossing over a lot of like primary early oh. intro to acting things that are intuited, mm -hmm. or maybe I could stand to be like, you know, it's sort of like, what time of day is it? Where are you coming from? Like, how, how, what's the weather like? Answering those questions can be really useful until it becomes, until it feels like an obligation. Sure. Um, well, it is kind of fascinating because I will just say over the past couple of days, I felt markedly happier and better because the sun is out <laughs> and it's warm. And yeah. it is, so, so it is kind of silly how those little things have a big effect Right. On our lives. Uh, or um, the other thing that I like to do is like I was I was right before we were re recording, I was reading through Leading Ladies. Mm -hmm. um, and the instant sort of desire that the two gents like the instant falling in love that they do with the women <laughs> yeah. that they encounter is <laughs> really funny. And like just like the groaning that happens <laughs> or like that's sort of written in of like, you know, um, it, it gets a little, it gets pretty suggestive, I will say. And I just read this novel that is like oozing with desire in a really kind of interesting way. It's called Vladimir. And it's like mm -hmm. a 20th first century riff on Lolita, oh, except geez. it's with a, uh, like a middle-aged woman, a, f a female professor who uh, like falls in love with this kind of young hotshot uh, novelist who's teaching at her same school. And it's a great book. And the passages on like writing and how she's just like consumed were really evocative. And I was just like, oh, I should remember that. Like as a, a thing that I can sort of call on, not that for, for the, for leading ladies, in addition to, you know, like you can do that. I can have these sort of like cultural imaginative things, or it's like whatever, if I want to go into my own personal, whatever, I tend not to. Sure. Um, but I can't, I mean, it, you know, I similarly avoid that. I think it's just safer and easier. It's safer and easier. And it's just like, it can get, it just gets messier. It, 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 it pulls me out of 
the play, mm -hmm. the imagination. I suppose if it was, I don't know, if it was maybe something a little bit more dramatic, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I, I rarely, I rarely do a lot of, uh, Drama method, yeah, yeah. I guess you call it, it's I, it's my sort of interpretation of method acting, although who knows what that means anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's like, oh, I just read this book that was so vivid for me. And just flagging that again is like, because then it's like, oh yes, this does happen to people, which I know to be true. Yes, it's a farce, so it's heightened and it's a little cartoonier, sure, sure, sure. but it is like, real it's all based in yeah it's, it's all based in truthful truth. it has to be truthful. and it's not so far-fetched because that maybe is sort of the thing i need to remind myself for leading ladies is yes it's kind of broad and theatrical and full of it's an event it's very entertaining but there is like truth to it and it's yeah. recognizable for audience members so if i can sort of remind myself of like oh, th I just need to ratchet this up. And this book that I literally just read, not planning it as like leading ladies sure. research, displays this in a very kind of marvelous way. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm just like, and I don't, I'm just saying, I'm just noting it and we'll see what happens from yeah. it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good reminder that inspiration comes from everyone. Yeah. It really yeah. does. So. I don't know. Wow. Is that it? Should yeah. we be done? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good note to end that. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Woo. A quick note. We don't have anyone in the room fact-checking for us. So after the show, Tim sent me an email that, saying that Risa Brainin, who uh, introduced the Commonweal to Happy Sads, actually works at UC Santa Barbara. So there you go. Opening for I Ought to Be in Pictures is coming up soon, a couple of weeks away on the 9th of April. It is a poignant comedy that follows Libby as she heads to L.A. to become a movie star and meets the father she never knew. We talked to Grace, who's playing Libby, just a few weeks ago. Season passes are on sale for our 2022 season and tickets to all of our shows. It's never too early to start looking forward to that summer vacation. The B&Bs here book up pretty quick. You can find up-to-date information about all of our shows and everything going on here at the Commonweal. You can buy tickets and season passes on commonwealttheater.org. Once again, that's commonwealttheater.org, or just give our box office a call at 800-657-7025. Once again, I'm Josiah Laubenstein. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon here at the Commonweal. <laughs> <laughs>